You pressed play on this podcast with the click of curiosity. It is another dimension, a dimension of mind, a dimension where nothing is sacred and everything is explainable. You're streaming into a land of both inside and outside of things and ideas. You've just crossed over into the midside. Welcome to the midside where we watch all the creepy political memes. I'm your host, your temporary host, William N. Green, foregoing my white gay male privilege. I retroactively and proactively denounce anything anyone has ever said or ever will say on this show. So joining me this trip from the Republic of Cowboy Boots, lifetime host emeritus Daniel T. Richards. How's it going, Daniel? Boy, it's good to be back two weeks in a row, feeling this rhythm. I'm going live on the air with all you people listening, you throngs, you hordes. (laughs) <laughs> listening here into the midside. I've forgotten what a rush it is truly to experience that. So thank you for having me back for a second week in a row. I know, I know. We're, we're starting a pattern. You know, all you have to do is do something three times, right? And then it's a, it's, it's a, it's a habit. So we're going to get oh, you no, back addicted out. to the show. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> you can me next week. Forget that. Oh, man. So a lot of farce this week. Uh, but. <laughs> Including some Supreme Court farce, so I, I'm I'm excited to have you uh, have you help uh, us understand what's going on with that. So let's let's, let's get into it on life on the mid. Well, William, I have put together what I consider to be the gayest life on the midside ever. (laughs) Okay, I'll be the judge of it. I'll witness it. Just for you, and just while Justin is gone. But it starts off at the Supreme Court, which is notoriously gay. But for a little bit of different reasons, the Supreme Court this week, boy, there were some rulings, and boy, did they upset some people. Supreme Court killed off Joe Biden's $400, $400. Oh, I wish it was $400. <laughs> <That's not laughs> $400 a billion dollar plan to cancel or reduce federal student loan debt. Uh, it also got into ending affirmative action in higher education, uh, issuing a major ruling that basically said you can't consider race as a primary factor in getting into school. And then the issue that we're going to dive into is uh, a decision that, quote, impacts gay rights according to the associated mm. press we'll see i'm about curious that. what gay rights are here but basically the supreme court ruled that a web designer out of colorado cannot be forced to design a website for a gay wedding the ruling was six two three i believe and uh yeah what do you think about that, William? Should a designer be forced by law under penalty of arrest to design a website for a gay marriage? I think that uh, the answer is not only should they be forced, but they should also be forced to participate. They actually have to get gay married in order to show their 
religious uh, zealotry, right? They're, they they have to in order to show that they are they are a member of this woke religion. They must perform the sacrament of 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 actually becoming gay married. So uh, I yeah. think that's only fair. Actually, I, we have to. You must do all the all the right things. You you must do them in order to. Isn't this? I mean. This is coming in the, you know, we've got a long standing tradition in Colorado, right? That's where the, the gay cake was being baked, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, Indeed. Uh, <laughs> that's, we're, 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 this fascination with the LGBTQIA plus LMNOP community with forcing people to do actions they don't want to do, it's, it's, you know, we've talked about it on the, for, uh, on the show before. This is very cluster B behavior, right? This is very, Mm. narcissism and 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 uh uh psychopathy right like this is this is incredibly strange gone are the days of let us live and now it's uh you must live the way i say is good and that's right it's not uh, live free or die it's uh, live how i want you to live or die yeah i mean it it's i'm glad the court has come to this decision that same thing with the affirmative action thing but you know people are People are not deterred by these rulings, right? Like I know for yeah. the uh, for the uh, uh, banning racism in college admissions, um, they're already talking about. Oh, we'll just use the essay portion. We'll have people write a sacrament. Uh, basically, they'll they'll give their testimony, right? Their Christian tes- right. testimony, except for it's going to be their their woke testimony. They're going to talk about how they're oppressed, and that way they can sneak race back in and get the keep the uh, Asians out of Harvard. So, That's uh, right. uh, so. This case interests me, this um, gay website case, for a number of reasons. Of course, one of the reasons is what you've already stated, our fascination with wanting to give money to bigots. Yeah, yeah, force them, shut up and take my money. (laughs) Is so interested just throwing their money at people who hate them, but they are, apparently. But um, lawyer Paul Task actually pointed something out on Twitter that I didn't know about this case because I wasn't following it super closely, but I thought that was was interesting about it. Uh, in a long Twitter thread about the outcome of the case, uh, Paul points out that it's notable that this case did not involve any actual request for Smith, the web designer, to create a gay wedding website. Did you hear that? There was wow. actually no injured party in this. There was no couple requesting that Smith make them a website. Instead, Smith and the government proceeded on a set of stipulated facts that said if she were asked to make a website, then Colorado's anti-discrimination law would force her to do so. Because Colorado conceded this point and there was a, quote, credible threat that Smith would be compelled to undertake expressive projects, which could contradict her beliefs, that, quote, credible threat is what gave her standing to sue and ensured the case was more than, quote, mere hypothetical. Only lawyers could think that if we all agree to a set of facts that don't exist in reality, that that moves it beyond a mere hypothetical. Hmm. It is the definition of mere hypothetical. Yeah. No one well, actually requested this. Yeah. I. I don't know what I think about this because you know we've we've had a lot of things in the past where uh, the court has ruled people have no standing, and then it's basically taking taking things out of the court's purview. Like for example, if you remember the uh, the uh, Obamacare stuff, 
right? It Would was uh, it, it it was not started in the house. It was clearly a tax increase. Uh, that's unconstitutional. But the court just basically said no mas, right? Like we don't care, right? Like no one has standing. Yeah. Basically, they ruled everyone out of having standing for that, right? And said we're not going to even look at it. So isn't this a little bit contradictory to that stand? It's like the opposite. In an extreme, which is we're all going to pretend and create some rationalization of here's this fake scenario in which a web designer gets a request and we all agree that these things would happen. Therefore, it's not a mere hypothetical, which is bizarre, by the way. Where else, where else do you think they will apply this logic? Is this just something unique out of Colorado? Like, that's the real question, right? Like, because this, I could understand, you know, like you said, uh, the lawyer logic, like the Supreme Court may or may not look at that actual like standing right but it's, it looks like they just sort of brushed over it right yeah it's crazy to me well look if there's if there's something about this that i like and i don't like a lot of it well i like the ruling to be clear but about this weird hypothetical business if there's one thing i like it's that we could move things along a bit faster and not have yeah. to go through this process of masterpiece cake shop being literally sued and tied up in court for a long time and have to hire lawyers and whatever. We can just get right to the issue and just get a ruling on it. Uh, what You know what? Forget it. Why don't we just take general laws and before they're even enacted, just put them in front of the Supreme Court? Oh, man. <laughs> just have the court be like yes or no, and they'll just cross their chest, you know, like they're uh, kneeling and genuflecting <laughs> in a church or something. Yes, this is constitutional. <laughs> Don't give them ideas. Um, I mean, because hey, the framers, the framers thought that the Congress and the president would do that. We've already seen they've you know completely given up on that. Right? There's yeah, no check and balance totally. between expanding powers between the Congress and the president. In fact, the, and, the Congress uh, is constantly giving the president more authority. Right? That's right. And there's one other stipulation in this case that I think bears noting, because you see this all on, on Twitter all the time now, and in the, the bad corners of the internet where we don't actually care about good faith argument anymore. But it's all about, well, who will design gay wedding websites now? Or, or why, are, why can't Wait, gay people get websites? There, there are no gay web designers? That <laughs> still tell me there's no gay interior decorators. Oh, they're, they're dwindling breed uh william um but you know how, why are we discriminating against gay people but but one of the stipulations in the case that smith agreed to and that the government agreed to is that she would in fact sell any other website basically to anyone regardless of creed color or sexual orientation and that her sole objection was on the content of the site so yeah. if a gay couple came to her and said we want a website for our uh, interior design business <laughs> uh smith would have designed that and yeah. she and the government agreed on that point so this really does in fact come down to words and first amendment yeah compelled and speech right this is the opposite of canada speech. right like uh, where where you'll uh, be charged with a hate crime and imprisoned if you don't use the right pronouns that's right i don't understand here's help me think through this william because there's another point of this that i just don't i don't get if this designer was giving away her web services her web design services she could discriminate against anyone 
for any reason she chose, mm. bigoted reason, for, for racial reasons, for whatever, and there would be literally no problem legally with it. Still morally repugnant, but legally no problem with it. The moment she asks to be paid, suddenly there's a problem. Yeah. Why is the introduction of money change the moral and legal calculus of this? That's, I don't know why that is. And for me, I, you know, I'm, I am pro discrimination and I've talked about this on uh, before. It's been misconstrued uh, before. Yes. I think that the government should not have any say at all in any transaction between individuals. So that, that ultimately means that yes, people could do immoral and repugnant, uh, uh, trades, right? Like they could only, uh, you know, I could, I, social justice, uh, folks, uh, the folks on the far left, they could, they could only go to, uh, Whole Foods, right? And then never, mm -hmm. never, uh, ban, uh, you know, never choose to go to Vons. And I wouldn't care, right? Legally. Legal. Now, I might find it morally repugnant that you're using a political test like that, where, where you're doing a religious purity test where you're only, um, trading with your own uh, religious uh, fanatics. I would think it's a mistake economically. It's, uh, it has some moral issues. But what people do, the, 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 the anti-discrimination things should only be in terms of the government. And yeah. why, why we allow, this is, this is the, one of the great you know, things that uh, Ayn Rand identified, right, about the separation of economics and state. That that until we have that, you're always going to have these issues of uh, of putting economic transactions of free trade between individuals up to a popularity contest, and that's not good. Yeah, it's dangerous. In fact, um, it's just interesting to me that we draw that that line at money for free. Discriminate all you want. If you want to be paid for this thing then there are scenarios in which you would be required to use your labor to deliver something for someone. It becomes a, a, if you think about it at all abstractly, it becomes real weird real quick. The inverse is saying there are situations in which someone has a right to your labor. Yeah. That's, uh, that's, that's not very, that's not very well, uh, communist, is it? And it's, and again, there's a difference, I think, between, you know, being, you can frame it as being pro-discrimination, which I think is, is philosophically correct, but maybe a little incendiary there, <laughs> William. I, I, may, I might be doing it for comedic effect, but I and disavow being, it immediately. You immediately, thank you. And being anti-forced association. Exactly. And that's precisely, you are 100% correct. William, my degree from FU says you are 100% correct. What I'm against is compelling people to take actions that, according to their judgment, they wouldn't otherwise do. That's right. Well, speaking of judgment, Ron DeSantis for president seems to not have any, or at least it seems to be very <laughs> bad. <laughs> he is in trouble yet again. And, <clears throat> you know, as much as I want to instinctively blame the mainstream media or whatever that means for these ongoing attacks on Ron DeSantis, I can't, because quite honestly, his campaign is being run by a bunch of internet trolls. 
and that is very sad for him. So Republican uh, Republicans this week, including a major Republican group, condemned DeSantis over a, quote, extreme and homophobic ad. Uh, the Log Cabin Republicans, the largest LGBT Republican org in the U.S., condemned Ron DeSantis and his campaign after a bizarre ad was posted to the DeSantis War Room Twitter account on Friday, which attacked Trump by playing a clip of him saying, I will do everything in my power to protect our LGBTQ citizens. It was sort of an end to Pride Month anti-LGBT ad that didn't really have a lot of substance other than essentially to say that Trump likes gay people and that's bad. Um, it's basically been universally condemned <laughs> uh, in all the, you know, the general people who are supporting DeSantis and of course the Trump people as well are condemning it for sycophantic reasons, but uh, they're condemning it nonetheless. So uh, what the heck is going on here, William, with one, this ad, and two, the DeSantis campaign, which seems to just be lighting itself on fire lately? I don't know, because in a way, this looks like a failed attempt to try and pin what I would call the LGBTQIA LMNOP movement with Trump right? That mm-hmm. he was cozying up to the movement. I think it's ineffective because like, like, like you pointed out, it's using something that certainly people who are and aren't in the movement um, would find uh, good, right? Trump coming out after the uh, Pulse uh, nightclub shooting and saying, hey, I'm going to do everything I can t- to protect uh, these folks. Um, yeah. So maybe it's, it was just poor execution, but I can see what they're trying to do. They're trying to you know, trying to pin Trump as a supporter of the movement, which I, you know, I don't know whether he is or not. Let, like, let's, you know, let's just call primaries what they are, mudslinging contests. Um, mm. But I can see where that's a strategy that would make, you know, make sense at least to try. Uh, you know, I too am against the LGBTQ movement, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, for many, many philosophical reasons and many practical ones. Um, including compelled speech, which we just talked about. So yeah. I don't know, Daniel. Do you think? Do you think that these uh, these meme factories are going to even play? Because I don't think much to what you said. I don't think any of us would have saw this except for the mainstream media making a big hubbub about it, right? How many yeah. of these ads? There are tons of ads that, especially in this internet age, made by the campaign or indirectly from the campaign a lot of them don't land why are we suddenly being you know why is this one suddenly being thrust to the top of the list right i think there's two elements to it one is i do think there's a sense in which it was bizarre and it's definitely executed and music the the, the visuals the editing yeah they gave this to some intern and pumped it out and it was not not great so there's a an element of of news to it in that. How it's much like, Adderall was consumed major... while editing this? <laughs> what is a major campaign doing releasing this? But I think the ongoing news element of it is Ron DeSantis keeps stepping in it, and so that's become a beat now. Now whether or not he deserves it is an open question. I actually am on the side that he does, because I have seen Ron DeSantis go from a very whip-smart, sensible Republican candidate to basically MAGA-lite and in some ways uh, looking even more idiotic than the Trump side. 
which is difficult, really difficult. Um, and so there is, is this a is this which, just part of the primary though, right? Because well, you always you always go a little crazy in the primary. You win the primary, and then you come back to the center, right? That's the Bill Clinton you, method. That's the you know Hillary tried to do it, the tri triangulation strategy, right? The uh, Bush tried to do it. Everyone is going in one direction, which I think is what is bizarre, and that's, that's where you can definitely blame Trump. Oh yeah, everyone and, thinks they have to go Trumpy uh, in order to win, and maybe they do, honestly, but they're not Trump, and so they end up looking moronic whereas like trump can weather the moronic storm i'm not sure uh hurricane idiot uh over here ron DeSantis, isn't going to do anything but fizzle out into nothingness because he can't sustain this it's not oh, who man. he is it's not it's not genuinely part of his ethos like it is with trump yeah so well, as much as i don't vote for president uh i would i i, <laughs> I am loath to have president newsom so uh so maybe we can, uh, maybe we'll, uh, you know, can your, can your firm reach out to the DeSantis team and help them out a little bit? Jeez. Holy God. If we did, if we did campaign work, he would be the first up that we'd be knocking down the door. But we do not. <laughs> like uh, you need help. <laughs> uh, you know, hashtag we'll do it for half um, to help you, but we don't, we don't do political work. So uh, ultimately, William. I think that's an important note that you actually made there, which is like, Ron DeSantis is not getting my vote, but neither is anyone else in the race. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, look um, at the field. Look at the field. Yes, uh, it is a continuing embarrassment that's by the time we get to this phase of the primaries that we just have this remarkable cadre of the worst humans imaginable uh, running for president of the United States. And if it ends up being Newsom versus Trump, well, good luck to you all. Well, ending Pride Month with a bang, <clears throat> uh, we have dueling protests being disrupted over uh, across the pond in London. An anti-oil group disrupts a pride parade. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> over this is like feud with this the is gay on gay people. violence. Uh, talk about some intersectionalism. Uh, emphasis on the sex. Radical environmental activists disrupted a London Pride Parade on Saturday, blocking the procession and spray painting a float sponsored by Coca-Cola, leading to several arrests. Just Stop Oil, a group associated with protests targeting famous works of art, took credit for the disruption, arguing that the organizers of the parade did not do enough to condemn new oil and gas leases. According to the police, seven people were arrested on public nuisance charges. Uh, pride is a protest, said uh, Just Stop Oil on Twitter, but pride in London allows destructive industries such as Coca-Cola, who are the world's biggest plastic polluter and who have been accused of numerous human rights abuses, to co-opt it and pinkwash themselves. So let me get this yeah. straight. Coca-Cola missed someone's pronouns, and because they manufacture bottles, they're the world's largest plastic? Uh, 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 polluter. polluter, yes, and the LGBTQ plus community is letting them pink wash the protest. Oh, I see, I see. Pink okay, wash. so in the hmm. intersectional uh, calculus, right? We've talked about before the uh, one-armed lesbian veteran woman of color was the peak 
right, of, uh, of the intersectional pyramid. So is this just jockeying for position on the pyramid? Are the environmentalists trying to co-opt the gays? Well, that's the thing about intersectionalism is you, you start with this sort of group warfare, right, of gay rights, black rights, Hispanic rights, whatever, anti-environmentalism. But true intersectionalism basically means that all of these issues and all of these concerns will merge into one giant conglomerate because of intersectionalism. That conglomerate is communism, basically. Yeah, but um, isn't there isn't the oppressor there, versus the oppressed? Yeah, their their um, their devil though is white men. So what I'm trying to connect it back to white men here. Like, were there white men on the coke float, and that's why they protested them? Do white men pull oil out of the ground? Like, what's uh, yes? What's... Apparently, uh, just stop oil didn't really put out anything about the whites, but they did say, "quote New oil and gas is a death sentence." For oh, millions geez. of people, and the LGBTQ plus community will be one of the first to suffer. Wait, how? More <laughs> <laughs> oil and natural gas. Gay people will be the first. Uh, to gay suffer. people, if because of the you know, if we stop pulling out oil, there'll be no electricity, and everyone's hair dryer will not work, and therefore gays will be the first affected. No yeah, air conditioning, gonna... so therefore. Gays will be the most affected. I don't understand this. Are you going to put on those drag shows uh, without the uh, lights? There'll be no lights or music. Yeah, that's true. There'll be no makeup. Go after the children, William. I don't know. Oh man. Yeah. Of all the things, like uh, uh, the, do you think that in this post-truth world, you know, how much is the environment really on anyone's mind right now? Like it's not, which is why they're having to ratchet up the crazy. Yeah, right? just add what? Just add nothing. Just stop <laughs> oil. That's their name. Uh, <laughs> just Daniel, how do you stop oil? I just can't stop quitting you. Uh, what? How do you? How do we stop? I read oil? it as just stop, comma oil. Just stop oil. <laughs> um, which it is not. But uh, they're they're the ones responsible for like throwing paint at. Uh, at like artwork yeah the, they're very the art, anti-life like, and go like, sunflowers right i don't i don't say that lightly they're very anti-life i mean they are also if this sort of thing is acceptable why <laughs> why don't pro industrial people start doing this right why don't we show up at museums and start throwing paint on things and be like if you don't use more oil i'm gonna keep throwing paint on shit i think it would just be amusing just for the 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 uh the break of character yeah if nothing yeah. else I I don't know. Like this, is this going to be effective? Is is this turning new people, young kids, onto this environmental bullshit? Well, it's effective in one sense, which is as someone who basically does some version of PR for a living. As long as they can keep getting their name out there, it's basically just like a billboard that you pass a thousand times. Eventually, you're going to Google it because you're interested. So I don't know. This this feels like you know how PETA used to be. A bigger force, right? Yeah. And then they started, you know, throwing paint on fur coats. And then they just sort of faded into irrelevancy. Am yeah, I too optimistic? Am I too optimistic they got to think? With Old Bay. Do you remember? <laughs> yeah. 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 Am I too uh, optimistic to think that this is where these groups are going? Like they are getting more militant. I'm not saying they're any less dangerous. I'm just saying that they seem to be fading into irrelevancy. 
I think they will fade a bit, but they, that means the extremes will get more extreme. Yeah. And as the extremes get more extreme, we will we will necessarily get more. I just think it's them. such a bad time, right? With the whole energy crisis, Germany's you know energy like basically they're shutting down all of their nuclear. You know they they don't have any nuclear plants in Germany, and now they're just like pumping coal out like it's a mat. You know like it's the a <laughs> problem is that ideas propagate in new generations and new minds. Yeah. And so it's like if it was just the same set of minds over time that needed to convince people, they would die out. But you get the propaganda going, and because of basically how human beings work now and the fact that our education system is a disaster, when someone is born and they come online, their thinking is where I am now is zero. There is no past. There is nothing for me to build on. Now is zero. That's what allows someone like Representative Ocasio-Cortez to do a live stream from her air-conditioned apartment in Navy Yard and say that her generation has never known prosperity. <laughs> because when yeah. she was born, that's a zero. Everything that came before that doesn't exist, and everything that comes next is progress. And so it's a zero. So new people will be introduced to these ideas. It's the sort of how it's predicting how well they're going to catch on. I do think that there's going to be a little bit of a protest generation that's pushing back against some of this. We basically see the pendulum swing like that all the time. Uh, I think like whatever the generation is after Gen Z right now is pushing back on a lot of the woke intersectionalism stuff. So we will see that, but I don't know if it's going away permanently. I hope it does. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Yeah. But just I to finish the, there's some cultural yeah. indicators for that, you know, like, uh, I jokingly say, like, when rock music comes back, you'll know that the pendulum's swinging the other way. Like, think of how stagnant music is right now. It's all right. just the, the exact same carbon copy rap songs, right? Yes. Um, at least in the popular music, right? So I think the, the, the monoculture is uh, eventually the young people are going to reject it. As long as we keep having young people, I don't know. You know, the populations well, uh, in some countries are dwindling fast. Yes, indeed. Well, just to finish out, in case people hadn't heard of those billboards, you need to Google PETA Old Bay billboards, where they put up a billboard in Maryland, in the, I think in Baltimore, in the harbor, that said, I showed a, a crab, and it said, I'm me, I'm not food. And Old Bay bought a billboard next to it with a crab pouring Old Bay on itself. It said, there, now I'm food. <laughs> Which uh, was very amusing. And they never recovered from it, William. I haven't. I, they, that's very true. I haven't heard a lot from PETA lately. Well, maybe, uh, maybe we are in the post-PETA world. One can hope. All right. Well, we may have a review, allegedly, I've heard. So let's get into that. The Hopeful Bromantic with William Green. You too can join the conversation. 
Join our Discord server on the mid-side. You can go to themidside.com, click on any show link, our show episode, and then you'll see the link to the Discord server. Join the conversation. We're chatting away, picking the trailers, talking about what's going on, witnessing the farce. So join us. So, so Daniel, I heard you have a lame review for us this week. <laughs> it's not lame in the sense that the content <laughs> is lame or bad. It's lame in the sense that I don't watch anything anymore, and the stuff I watch is old man river kind of stuff. Um, so the the review I have for you, and it's we're recording the weekend before the Fourth of July. As this premieres, you'll be hopefully going out to celebrate Independence Day, and so I had the opportunity to watch uh, a pre pre release screening of a one hour public television documentary. Yes, I fell asleep in the middle of those words too. Uh, named We Hold These Truths, The Global Quest for Liberty. It's a one-hour program hosted by Judge Douglas H. Ginsburg of the D.C. Circuit, who is actually super, uh, he's super compelling as a host, I think. He's a very interesting guy. And the, the show, We Hold These Truths, basically looks at the Declaration of Independence in the United States, but takes an interesting angle. Uh, it's not just sort of exploring the words and how they affected america it's exploring the words and how they affected liberty around the world because the declaration of independence sparked like more than a hundred independence movements around the world with groups that used the language from the declaration of independence in order to declare their independence so judge ginsburg goes around the world uh, vietnam hong kong um, south america a bunch of places in europe to basically interview people about uh, the Declaration of Independence's influence globally. It's produced by Free to Choose Network's production arm, Free to Choose Media. They're the ones responsible for the 1980 series with Milton Friedman called Free to Choose that was super popular. And uh, overall, in an era where documentaries are generally about some element of America sucking, and that has basically become all... Uh, to speak about intersectionality, William, that has basically become all documentaries. It's either that or true crime. Um, it was actually nice to watch a documentary that didn't take that premise, a documentary that actually it gave me new information that I didn't know about the Declaration of Independence and America and the founders. And um, it premieres, uh, it started premiering July 1, but now it's on public television across the nation. So you can go to, um, what is the URL? Declarationmovie.com and find an airing near you. And I think it's premiering on digital this week as well, if you want to watch it for free on YouTube at some point. So check it out. Two thumbs up. There you awesome. go. That's I was my gonna watch dad. I was going to watch Postman and Independence Day, but now maybe I'll watch this instead. No, 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 no. You got to watch this. If you want some rip-roaring entertainment on <laughs> Thomas Jefferson, then man, you got to watch this. So, All right. Big thumbs up. Well, that's what's come out. Here's what's coming out in Trailer Takedown. Trailer Takedown. First trailer. The Collective is about a group of righteous assassins who take aim at a highly sophisticated human trafficking ring backed by a network of untouchable billionaires. With their backs against the wall, the Collective has no choice but to put their most important mission in the hands of rookie assassin, Sam Alexander. Starring Lucas Till, Ruby Rose, Mercedes Vernado, and some other people I've never heard of. Uh, it's in theaters and on demand and digital August 4th. 
And this is a Netflix movie. Uh, William, this looks like one of those... <laughs> I don't know. It looks, looks like Fast and Furious, but for gun people mm. is what it looks like to me. Uh, there's a lot of uh, gung-fu type stuff that was innovated by the John Wick series. A lot of bad guys speaking in low voices, looking slightly up from you know bottom left of the screen. People's faces half-lit, etc. It's just sort of a rip-roaring, typical action something or other. And uh, it's not for me, William. I, I chose this for you, really. After the abysmal array of trailers that I had for you last week, I thought, I've got to make it up to him with something with a lot of guns. So not for me. Hard tackle, but hopefully you like it better. We'll see. Tackle. This is looks like a good summer blockbuster, right? It's on Netflix, like you said, but this is a summer action movie. Lots mm -hmm. of guns, lots of explosions, a, a, a simplistic but understandable plot, it seems like. Uh, I have questions about Ruby Rose, of course, because she was terrible on, what was that TV show, Batgirl, whatever she was on. Um, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, but she was in a terrible TV show. Uh, blocked it from my memory. Um, did you notice that the white coats were being wore by different people? That, that, that threw me off a little bit in the preview. Other than that, the white suit coats. Um, other than that, this looks like it has some good fight scenes and some good action. This is definitely grab some popcorn uh, and Netflix and hug. Netflix and hug. Second trailer. Dreamin' Wild is the true story of love and redemption about what happened to singer-songwriter Donnie Emerson and his family when the album he and his brother recorded as teens was rediscovered after 30 years of obscurity and was suddenly hailed by music critics as a lost masterpiece. While the album's rediscovery brings hopes of second chances, it also brings along buried emotions as Donnie, his wife Nancy, brother Joe, and father Don Sr. come to terms with the past and their newly found fame. Written and directed by Academy Award and Emmy-nominated Bill Poland and featuring original music by Donnie Emerson, and also stars Academy Award winner Casey Affleck, and Emmy-nominated Zoe Deschanel, along with Walter Groggins, Chris Messina, Jack Dylan Grazer, and uh, Bo Bridges. Uh, sort of a weepy film, a little bit of a dusty tearjerker of a film, but interesting. I thought it was, the trailer at least, was a pleasant exploration of people coming to terms with fame, as opposed to what we see so often, which is a uh, nihilistic, uh, sort of a naturalistic take on how people come to terms with fame, drug use, sex, whatever. This seemed to be about an artist who was taking his craft very seriously, and even though he wasn't finding success, was still maintaining a life. And then once fame is introduced to that, how does someone with that sense of seriousness react when fame is thrust upon them? Honestly, the acting looks good, but if you're not into this kind of thing, I can see it being remarkably boring. I would watch this at home on Netflix if I was through my queue. So I will give it a very light Netflix and hug. Netflix and hug. You know, I'm a sucker for good music movies, and I think you hit the nail right on the head. This is sort of the opposite of like Elvis or something, right? Yeah. Um, and 
while it may, I, I got a little, much like you, I got a little bit of the melodramatic side, right? Mm-hmm. So that I'm not as interested in, but it, it, my, it looks interesting. It, it looks like something that I could watch, uh, uh, you know, when I'm traveling or, uh, or like you said, if there's nothing else in the queue, I think I'm much like you. I'm just going to very, very lightly hug it. Hug. Third trailer. <laughs> Retribution. When a mysterious caller puts a bomb under his car seat, Matt Turner begins a high-speed chase across the city to complete a specific series of tasks. With his children trapped in the backseat and a bomb that will explode if they get out of the car, a normal commute becomes a twisted game of life or death as Matt follows the stranger's increasingly dangerous instructions in a race against time to save his family. In theaters, August 25th, starring Liam Neeson, Norma Unpronounceable, Lily Aspel, Jack Champion, other people who I've never heard of, this film essentially is Speed meets Taken, where Liam Neeson is the one who's taken. He knew it was coming. They mm. took his children, they took his family, he took other people. Now he himself has been taken. Lionsgate continues to produce some uh, bizarre scenarioed films, which I think this is. But nonetheless, it is Liam Neeson. He is speaking in a low, rumbly voice. He's telling people he will kill them when he finds them and that his specific uh set of skills is going to come in handy i am concerned that i will be extraordinarily bored with the (laughs) essential dash cam view of liam neeson for 91 percent of the film um because in the trailer i was even like this is a bit much of me just staring at liam neeson uh, as if he's on uh you know the mystery taxi game show thing that used to be on the discovery channel um not my scene not my thing tackle tackle is there such a thing as uh liam neeson fatigue you know they put him in this car with the dash cam because he's old and this this limits the amount of action that will be that he'll need to actually do right that's really fair yeah yeah i i mean this is going to be, I'm sure there's going to be action outside of the car. I mean, I hope. Uh, and <laughs> But you would think, oh, William would like this movie. Lots of guns and lots of explosions. But this, this, this premise is quite absurd. And I think we're, we've run the course on this, right? Like, why, <laughs> can we please have, he can act other things, okay? He could do other things. Uh <laughs> It's going to be 10 years from now when we have uh, not retribution, but like, uh, um, you know, retro motel where Liam Neeson can't get out of his lounger by the pool. And if he (laughs) stops drinking pina coladas, the chair will explode. Oh, man, this is Uh, this is this looks terrible. I'm sorry. I'm sure it's going to have some good action sequences, but like it's going to be so boring. Uh, At least from the preview. That's what I think. So tackle. Tackle. Final trailer. Pillars of the Flower Moon, based on David Grant's broadly lauded best-selling book, Killers of the Flower Moon is set in 1920s Oklahoma and depicts the serial murder of members of the oil-wealthy Osage Nation, a string of brutal crimes that came to be known as the Reign of Terror. 
This is an Apple TV original directed by Martin Scorsese with screenplay by Eric Roth and Scorsese. The film stars Are You Ready for This, William? All right. Leonardo DiCaprio, Robert De Niro, Lily Gladstone, Jesse Plemons, Tantu Cardinal, Kara Jade Myers, Janae Collins, and Jillian Dion. It is a incredible cast of folks. The trailer itself is unbelievably gorgeous, as you would expect from a Martin Scorsese film. And yet, uh, you can feel the, <laughs> the uh, wokeness just dripping from it. Now, I am not actually super close-minded to this film in the sense that you can do great movies about bad things that happened in America and things that we should, in fact, be ashamed of. Um, you know, slaughtering Native Americans for various reasons is not something that we can hold up, uh, we cannot hold with any pride. Uh, it's just the sort of marketing around the movie makes me worried. It's They're already starting to introduce things like, you know, the evil billionaire white capitalists. There's an ongoing uh, mantra in the trailer about, like, can you find... Oh, what is the word they use, William? Can, it basically, can you find the, the horrible people in this picture? And it's a bunch of white people, and they stare at the camera. Um, spoiler, it's all of them. <laughs> That's right. Spoiler alert, all of them. At the same time, man, Leonardo DiCaprio and Robert De Niro look killer in this. I, mm, for fear of just being brutally uh, just taken down by Justin when he returns. I'm going to give this a light hug because I do have some faith in Apple TV to create good drama as of late. Mm, hug. Wait a minute. <laughs> that I, I mean, it. <laughs> well, uh, uh, one of my best friends, his uh, his uh, uh, straight man crush is Leo. So I, no matter what, I'm going to have to watch this movie with him because uh, he watches every Leo movie. Um, can this just be marketing for the Oscar bait? Could there be a real plot and it not just be evil capitalism? I, I, I just mm. don't think so. Daniel, this is just Oscar bait, right? And I, but I guess it. But much like you, I'm torn. I have saw so many good shows on Apple TV. I haven't had a, uh, you know, I haven't watched a lot of them, but everyone I've given a chance has has at least pleasantly surprised me. So I'm going to I'm going to give this a watch. I'm going to watch it on the big screen at uh, at my friend's house. Uh, and if it's nice. bad, we'll just turn it off and watch one of the other Leo movies. So that's the definition of Netflix and Hug. Netflix and hug. So you didn't tackle them all, did you? Oh no, you hugged. Uh, no, yeah, you lightly I hugged, hugged this uh, one. Dreaming Wild. Yeah, Dreaming Wild. And this one. And this so. one. Well, you essentially hugged this one. Yeah, <laughs> I, uh, I dare you. <laughs> so, what did we learn this trip, Daniel? That despite the fact that I want to watch Killers of the Flower Moon, I have not forgiven Martin Scorsese for The Irishman. I want that nine hours of my life back. Or so it felt. Um, so I, I will be watching this with uh, a critical eye. William, what did you learn this trip? Well, I learned that the gayest episode ever included Leo. And this pleases me. 
Well, I hope you learned something this week. Thank you, Daniel, for coming on the show. Where can people find you? You can find me on all the social medias at Daniel T. Richards. The T is for try to Google me without the T and you will not find me. So Daniel T. Richards on Instagram, Twitter, etc. You can also find more about my company, Return on Ideas at returnonideas.co. Someday we'll be able to afford the M for now, .co. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Don't forget to visit the midside.com slash store. Pick up some of our merch. Also, you can support the show uh, and help us keep the lights on. Just go to patreon.com slash the midside or locals.com slash the midside. And don't forget to tell a friend, especially a female friend. This concludes your journey to the midside. I'm William and Green reminding you that if things get tough, take a step back and witness the farce. Have a gay. You know, this this just in from the DeSantis campaign, they found out who posted that crazy, stupid commercial. Chandler, it's all your fault. <laughs> DeSantis?